Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having an absolutely blessed day today. And as always, there's just many of things going on all around the world. But I find that the more people I talk to, the more people are trying to stand up but a lot of them are being suppressed by their jobs and companies. I'm finding that more and more and more now. Just this morning, like an hour ago, I was at my house, and I had the garage door company that did my garage doors for my house that I just finished building come out, and they needed to service one of the garage doors, just put some trim around it, finish it up, and button it all up. So the guy came out, and he was there this morning, and he had a mask on. So I opened up the garage door, and I'm talking to him for about 20 seconds, and I said, I've got to ask you a question. I said, are you COVID positive? Are you really sick right now? He goes, no, no, I'm not sick at all. I said, well, why are you wearing a mask? He goes, can I take it off? I said, by all means, you don't have to ask me permission. This is America. He takes it off. He goes, oh my gosh, thank you, dude. He's like, I have to do it because I'm getting so much flack from a lot of people's houses that I go to. And he said, most of the time we're servicing stuff out in Tampa and it's really liberal. I said, well, and so me and him got in this like escalated conversation about what was going on. He was like fully awake about a lot of stuff. And he goes, the problem with it is, man, he goes, I've already dealt with this. I show up to people's houses and I'm not wearing a mask and they have a conniption fit. They start screaming and yelling at me and basically get on the phone and call my man at the office, and then I get a phone call from my manager basically saying, if I don't wear a mask, I need to find another job because that's their policy. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah. And I said, has anybody actually tried to get up, you know, 10 feet in the air in a hot garage in August in 95-degree weather in the summer afternoon with a mask on? He goes, yeah, apparently a lot of these people haven't. I said, I can tell you right now, it's a nightmare. I said, you're taking a chance of falling off a ladder and breaking your back. He goes, I, I know. It was, trust me, I know. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I said, there's no, there's no mask allowed around here. I said, unless you have some type of significant illness. I said, then you need to go home. I don't want you on my property anyways if you're super sick. You need to be at home sleeping, resting, taking vitamin C and D3, because I agree. And so it was interesting to me to see how a lot of people are really waking up, but so many people are having so much conflict because of these companies and jobs, because they're getting conflict from their customers that are completely and totally asleep, and in most cases are the just the minority of the situation because they've been brainwashed. It was interesting as well. Yesterday, I had a real good friend of mine send me a screenshot of a conversation between him and his ex-wife. I'm not going to mention any names here. I'm not going to get anybody in trouble. But I thought it was interesting because his son, they have split custody of their son, and she's gone off now, and she's basically dating this guy after they've gotten married. And he's a dentist, and apparently he's like a far hardcore like Democrat now. So she's adopted his policy. She actually used to be really awake. And so he sent me this screenshot and, you know, with these laughing emojis, and I read through it. And so on Saturday, tomorrow, or two days from now, uh, she was supposed to take his son to a birthday party. He couldn't really go to it because the person that's having the birthday party doesn't really like him. She's more friends with his ex-wife. So it was whatever. Well, she sends him a text message. She goes, I'm not going to the birthday party on Saturday, so you basically can keep, you know, your son. Anyways, and he goes, well, why aren't you going to the birthday car party? And she goes, no, I've decided not to go. And he goes, okay, well, you know, what? what are we doing? What do you want to do? And she goes, well, I can keep him Friday night if you want. 
I'm not going to the birthday party because of the pandemic, and I don't agree with social gatherings right now. She said that in Texas, I don't agree with social gatherings right now, essentially because of the pandemic. And he goes, oh, that's right. I heard that over 200 million people have already died in Florida from the coronavirus. And she goes, that's another reason I'm not going to the birthday party to deal with smart, blank comments like that. And I thought it was funny as far as that comment, because obviously he's being grossly sarcastic about it because of how stupid this whole thing's become. But there are really people out there right now that are not going to social gatherings, and I put that as sarcastically as I can, because of the pandemic, because apparently they think that anywhere you go, if there's mysteriously more than six people in an area, apparently everybody gets COVID as soon as you show up because there's more than six people. When we have already found now that this downturn of the virus is already well on its way, and we already know that Roughly 9,000 people in the country, according to the CDC, have actually died. Only 9,000 from COVID this entire year. Everybody else that has essentially been put down has had numerous serious health problems before they contracted COVID. And that's the CDC's own number. So I just want to kind of put that out there and, again, encourage people. People are starting to wake up. If you have the ability to talk to somebody, talk to somebody about it. If they're awake, you'll find out real quick. And if you have somebody come to your house or you're around somebody, you're working with somebody, they're wearing a mask, tell them to take it off. If they don't want to take it off and they're all paranoid, then by all means, they can leave it on. That's their right as well. But if they feel, if you feel like they don't want to wear it, don't make them wear it and don't turn them in and don't call up the manager on them and flag them for it. Let people breathe. Let people live their life. That's what we have in a constitutional public, or so I thought we had. I just want to encourage everybody on that this morning, Ed. Well said, Austin. Uh, you know, it's sad to me, you know, when you have divorce with people who have children, and everybody in some cases, start th- they start thinking differently, and they, you know, they leave a conservative value system, and they go with the new husband or new wife that's a hardcore liberal, and it, it causes a lot of confusion with the children. I mean, it really does. And as far as wearing a mask to do get up on a ladder to do a garage door in a hot garage, it's crazy. A couple of months ago, I saw a guy at a local car wash. It was the middle of July. It's, it's hot. I mean, it's like 98 degrees outside. And he's up on a 12-foot ladder with a handsaw cutting palm limbs off of palm trees wearing a mask. And I said to him, I said, dude, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm wearing a mask. It's required at work. And I said, is it required at work on a 12-foot ladder? How do you breathe? What happens if you have an O2 deficit? I said, what happens if you pass out? He said, well, I'm kind of dizzy. And I said, dude, think through this. If you fall off a 12-foot ladder and you break your neck, I said, what the heck was that all about? Because you were cutting palm limbs? I said, just take your mask off. I said, this is silly. You're, you know, 100 feet away from everybody else now. And he listened to me. He took his mask off. And, you know, it's sad to me that people, you know, are being this compliant. Last night, I went to the movie theater for the first time since, like, February with Sharon. And we want to go see the movie Infidel with James Caviezel because I'm, I'm a big fan of James Caviezel ever since, ever, ever since he did the movie The Passion of the Christ. Great actor, completely blackballed by Hollywood now because of The Passion of the Christ. They warned him that they would do that to him if he took that role with Mel Gibson. And they did. They blackballed Mel Gibson too. But, but the reality is this. I went to the movies last night and the two guys, there's two guys sitting in the, in the ticket booth. And both, they both have masks on. So I started asking questions about the movie. <laughs> Remember, we got glass between us. 
a speaker, right? But he's wearing a mask. And finally, I said, dude, I can't understand anything you're saying. Well, then he takes his mask off. And he said, I said, well, how's business? And he goes, it's awful. He's, we have 10 theaters here. You know, we've had five people come in for movies today. I mean, total aggregate. Wow. 7.30 at night. Five. We had five people come to the movies today. He said, we got four employees here. We have five people show up today for movies. And we got all the tickets on sale for like $6.99 or whatever. And I said, this is crazy. Five people. And I thought, this is nuts. So I started talking to him about it. I said, well, you understand what's going on. I said, you understand this is the international banking community. Because that's right. He said, they want a new world order, as we said. And I said, that's exactly right. So I gave him the name of our show. Don't listen to it. We went inside. And so we go inside. And the theater's like, there's, there's nobody there but us. Right? That's it. So we walk into the movie theater, and there was a black guy wearing a wife beater. looked like he was homeless. I think he was sleeping in the theater at night. You think I'm making this up? I'm not. And he looked like a homeless person hiding in the back of the theater. I mean, we're the only people seeing this movie called Infidel, except for this black guy sitting in the back in a wife beater that's real dirty. I think to myself, okay, this guy's got to be homeless. There's no way he's sitting here in a wife beater in the theater, you know, whatever. And... Uh, <clears throat> And then two more people came in, so that, that brought the total up for the day to seven of the people in the and this, this is a ten theater cineplex, guys. Ten theaters, ten, ten, four, four employees, ten people show up, and the place reeked on the inside. It had you could tell the air had been turned off all summer. It smelled like it was full of mold. It smelled real musty, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They turned the air off, which of course the utility bill in these places is huge every month because of the heights of the ceilings. And so it smelled horrible. I mean, I thought, I told Sharon, I said, you know, I feel like leaving because of the smell, but I feel sorry for these guys. I've only had seven people come in today, and I'm really interested to see what Jim Caviezel did on this movie. So I thought, okay, we'll watch the movie. So we sat there and we watched the movie, and I don't recommend the movie, unless you're just a big Jim Caviezel fan, if you just want to try to give him some box office revenue, because he only did like, I think, $1.5 million on his opening weekend, uh, you know, because nobody's going to the movies. <clears throat> now, here's the gist of the plot. And, and, and Jim Caviezel plays a Christian who basically has a Christian has a Muslim friend in the United States turns out the Muslim friend is basically a jihadist who basically has a basement full of Muslim memorabilia and basically Muslim you know cell stuff in which he's basically operating a terrorist cell out of his basement you know these guys are real high up in a software company both of them and the whole plot goes anti-Muslim immediately now mind you I'm not a Muslim fan. I'm just going to be blunt about that, all right? But I'm also not a Jewish fan, okay? I'm a Christian fan. I mean, I, I think that the Muslims have good Muslims. I think the Jewish people have some good Jewish people. I think some people who are Hindus are good Hindu people, and some people who are Buddhists are good people also. But I'm not a fan of those religions. Let me put it that way. And so what ended up happening is they ended up having this guy, they invite him, Jim Caviezel, to come to Cairo, Egypt, in order to do a speech about faith in Jesus Christ and Christianity and basically being a Muslim. Well, it turns out the whole thing was a setup. His friend who got caught for having the basement full of the jihadist memorabilia and stuff basically had left the United States and had gotten this guy invited to come to Egypt to have him arrested. Yeah, that's how the plot goes. And, and what ends up happening, he does a show in Egypt. He's immediately kidnapped, uh, dragged off into Lebanon. Okay, they have to make sure they nail all the Muslim countries. And then he basically gets an inf some information out to his wife through an encoded text. And then they move him. They don't tell you how they move him. They move him a thousand miles and they, they, they basically take him from Lebanon. Somehow he gets across Jordan or Syria 
all the way across Iraq, and he ends up in Iran. And then they started on the Iranians, and the whole the whole movie was a giant psychop against Iran. That's what this was, all of it. And it was against how bad the Muslims were and how bad they were treating the Christians, and on and on and on and on. I almost walked out, and I told I told Sharon, I said, "This is a giant Zionist movie. It's all this." And I said, "This is nuts." And I said, "Watch how this unplays before he finishes." Because I told Sharon, "I want to see how it ended." And so what it ends up happening he becomes, you know, he gets he goes into Iran, and all of a sudden his wife shows up in Iran, all right, and she basically gets to go to the prison and meet the guy, meet her, meet her husband, and finally. They say, well, we've got, a, we've got a plot to break your husband out of prison. Okay? And they said, we're Mossad. I said, oh, here we go. Here we go. We're Mossad. And now we've got a plot to break your husband out. So I said, here we go. The Jewish Mossad people, who basically are instrumental in 9-11, instrumental in just about every bad thing that ever happens in the United States and all these false flags that are still occurring in Lebanon right now, another explosion this week, all of a sudden... They break this guy out of prison, and they're the heroes. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is such blatant propaganda for Zionism and for the overthrow of Iran. And then they have the Christian group in Iran that's basically being persecuted by the Muslims. I mean, the whole thing was just absolutely just an absolute you know, farce. They say, well, that kind of stuff happens over there. Yes, it does. It does. I agree. But they don't tell you about the people who preach Jesus Christ on the streets of Tel Aviv and are beaten by the police and hauled off and put in prison. They don't tell you about that. Okay? They don't tell you about all that. Here's what I've learned about the Middle East and about politics in the Middle East. Stay out of it. Just stay out of it. The United States doesn't need to be involved in Iraq or Iran or in Syria or in Egypt or in Lebanon. But, of course, we've overthrown a lot of those countries now, along with the CIA, along with Mossad, and along with MI6 and along with all of these other groups who are operating and controlled through the international bankers. This is the problem that I have when I go to see a movie like this because I sit back and I look at it from a constructive standpoint and I question the narrative of all of these shows now because of the brainwashing effect. They want to get you in that theater, put you in a theta brainwave, beta theta wave, either beta or theta brainwave state, get you totally relaxed and accept the propaganda they're feeding you Hook, line, sinker, rowboat, or the whole bit. That's what they want you to do so that you'll continue to support the narrative. And guys don't do that. It's like Asa said. You know, the guy comes over to hook a garage door up, fix it. And now all of a sudden he's being told that he basically has to swear, you know, get on a 12-foot ladder on a garage door and basically stand out of the heat and have a potential risk of breaking his neck because people are upset he's out in the garage. Now, you know, mind you, I'm going to say this kind of like, this is how I look at this. If the person's like 80-plus years old, and they're in the house, okay, he needs to stay out of the house because of the COVID stuff. I, I have no problem with that, but I would say that anyhow. You don't need people in your house that can be potentially sick with, a, you know, with flu or with whatever. You don't need them in your house or with a cold because I always try to keep people out of my house that are sick regardless. But if he's outside working on the garage door, leave the guy alone. Just leave him alone. And if you're so scared of your own health, then why don't you wait and have your garage door serviced at a later date when you're not terrified of this invisible COVID disease? Just thought I'd mention that. And, and by the way, while you're doing all this fear-mongering and you're trying to be scared to death and hiding under your bed, cowering in the corner, locked in your closet, 
barricaded in your room because of this invisible monster called COVID, why don't you do this? Why don't you take some D3, D I K two, and you know, and let's not forget the iodine, potassium iodide, and let's load up on some vitamin C, and let's take about 100 milligrams of zinc every day, and you're going to find something out very quickly. This COVID monster, you know, this hairy monster crawling around everywhere with these giant fangs and teeth, it ain't real. The problem's your immune system. The immune system is compromised, and you are scared to death over an imaginary predator. That's the bottom line. So get your health in order. Stop. They've learned now that blacks and Hispanics are the ones who are primarily dying because of the melanin in the skin. I put I posted two articles about this on the website because of their inability to make as much vitamin D3 as white people do. Well, well here's the deal. If you know you can't make enough D3, if you're black or Hispanic or you have darker skin, just take some D3. It's not difficult. It's, un- it's incredibly inexpensive. You know, and take your supplements and eat right. If you've got a problem and you're a couple hundred pounds, 300 pounds, 400 pounds, 500 pounds overweight, why don't you use this as an incentive to lose weight? Well, you know, because this shows now that people that are obese have a higher incidence of COVID. Now, why is that? Is it because they basically have bad, worse immune systems? Well, in some cases, they may have worse immune systems because of the weight, but invariably it's because people that eat a lot of junk food all the time who gain a lot of weight, that junk food doesn't have any nutrients in it. And most people who are really, really overweight, just a newsflash, they're not really health conscious and they don't really take supplements because they don't work out, they don't exercise, and they just kind of like live for the moment. I've seen it over and over and over again in my clinic when we had it. I mean, I saw up to 40 patients a day. And I, and it was amazing to me how many people think they can suddenly change a lifetime of habits in a week or two. It doesn't work that way. If you want to change your life, you've got to change how you live your life and the things that you do with your life. I had a girl who I helped lose weight years ago, helped her lose like 100 pounds. She actually came to our little home gym here, and she worked out with us. And her dad came in with her because she was going to a wedding, and she wanted to look good for the wedding. She weighed like 250 pounds, I think. And she ended up dropping down to 140 pounds. And her dad told me one day, he goes, well, you know, you need to help her with her personal responsibilities and her personal discipline because her bedroom's a wreck. Her clothes are everywhere. There's food on the floor. There's wrappings everywhere. It looks like it's a doggone tornado has gone through it. Everything's an unbelievable disaster in her room. I said, even still now? He goes, yeah. Even after she's lost 100 pounds? He goes, yeah. And I asked Kat, almost said her name. So I asked her, I said, is it true that you basically have a room like this? Well, yeah. I said, you know, Kat, I said, here's the deal. If you're careful, you know, with what you eat and you're careful in how you live and you get disciplined your whole life, this thing will stick with you as far as losing the weight and maintaining your weight now. I said, if you're not disciplined in the things that you do as far as working out and eating clean, I said, you're going to gradually fall back into your old habits and you're going to gain the weight back. And guess what happened, guys? She gradually fell back into her old habits and now she's bigger than she's ever was. And, and she's a great girl. She's absolutely wonderful. Got a great personality, super smart. No personal discipline in her life. No ability to control what she eats. Now, let me give you guys a little heads up. If you don't eat after 6 p.m. at night, here's, here's a big trick on losing weight. After 6 p.m., don't eat. After you eat your final meal at 6 p.m., go brush your teeth, floss your teeth, do all the stuff you do before you go to bed because that's a real headache doing that every night anyhow, right? So you can do all of that stuff, and it gives you this big incentive not to eat anymore because I don't want to do all that again. And then right before you go to bed, 
take about two scoops of our HGH stimulate and go to bed. You know, we go on a glass of water, drink it. You don't, don't go to some ridiculously large amount of water because you may all night use the bathroom. But just take that scoop of HGH, even an hour beforehand you could do it, and then go to bed and get up the next morning and eat breakfast. You say, well, wow, why would you do that? Well, because, guys, a lot of folks have a problem with eating late at night. You have a tendency to snack from 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock. You may not eat another meal, but you're stacking constantly all the way up until 11 o'clock. And then you're taking in an extra couple thousand calories, and you don't even, you're not even aware of it. Just cut those out. Now, if you really can't get through the night because of cortisol, because you haven't eaten, then before you go to bed, eat an egg or eat two eggs. You know, eat them boiled. You know, soft boiled or whatever you want to do. So that way you don't have a bunch of extra calories in it. Just eat a couple eggs. That'll hold you through the night. And see, be real careful with your discipline like that when you go to bed at night and you'll start dropping weight very quickly, by the way, especially if you use the HGH because that's going to really stimulate the pituitary gland to release human growth hormone. And it also elevates testosterone and a lot of other things. It's a great product. So what you need to do is just start doing that every single night. And you say, well, well, what else should I take? Well, if all you want to do is take a couple of things, take the HGA, stimulate, take the powdered multiple. That's it, if that's all you can afford. And, but that'll, that by itself will give you a huge kickstart as far as your health. So do little things with your health and figure out how to do them. And when you go to the movies, like with this thing I went to last night, don't allow the theater okay, or the movie theater or the, or the film that you're watching to brainwash you, guys. It's not okay. Think about Same thing when you're watching TV. Ask yourself a question. You know the Rothschilds are controlling the programming 95% of the time that you see on TV. You know that. So ask yourself a question. Why are they showing me this? What are they trying to do? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the alternative here? Because they're, they're brainwashing me 95% of the time. Open up your eyes and watch and ask questions. And if you do that, it ruins that spell they're trying to put on you. It really does. It ruins it because they can't do it to you. you have, all you do is sit there and say, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I don't, that's nonsense. It's nonsense. And so you'll learn very, very quickly to become very, very careful on what you turn on and what you watch. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? Uh, that's very well said. I mean, that's why I don't have cable anymore. I don't pay for any of that. I mean, it's ridiculous because, I mean, most of the television, almost all the television on cable is all about mind control. And I know people a lot of times go, oh, whatever, you're being paranoid. No, I'm really not. You can do some research on it and look at what they actually do. Do you ever wonder why the, almost half of every TV show is commercials now? 25 to 30 minutes of every TV show is commercials. And it's all about sell, consume. Buy. This is what you need. This is what you want. You realize those commercials are always geared towards the demographics to watch that show. That's why a lot of the commercials you may be partially interested in. Some of them you may care nothing about. Some of them you may be like, oh, okay. Same thing with the pharmaceutical drugs. That's why the news companies like CNN and NBC and Fox and all of them, usually anywhere between 60 to 70% of their gross income from revenue ads come from pharmaceutical companies. This allows the pharmaceutical companies to control what they say and what they do. That's why they can come in and start saying certain things or when Newt Gingrich gets on Fox and says, dude, George Soros is funding this. They're not allowing them to prosecute because all these prosecuting attorneys, George Soros is funded to get in there. George Soros is making sure all this money goes in. These guys are basically Rothschild cutouts that are being brought in to keep funding all this as a communist revolution. No, we don't talk about George Soros. We don't talk about him. Can't talk about him. This is verboten? We're not allowed to talk about him? Nope, we're not going to talk about him. All right, next, next, next person. That's what they do, because they were told not to talk about this, even though, ironically enough, you guys saw 
Louisville, Kentucky last night ended up turning into a giant nightmare. Two officers were shot. And uh, what was interesting about it, I found it very interesting. Multiple people sent me this video now. As soon as the grand jury decision was made, tons of rioters descended upon this U-Haul truck. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this now. And lo and behold, giant sticks, posters, shields, signs, everything, pre-made, already ready to go. I mean, these, these are like... These are like well-made shields with big signs on them. These aren't something they bought at the store and stuck a little decal on it. I mean, these, these things they put some time and effort in. As soon as it happened, they ran out there and started unloading. And they said, oh, we got shields over here. They were planning on rioting regardless of the decision. They already had all this equipment ready to go in the U-Haul that was rented. And now what's interesting about it, individual that's basically done reporting said the U-Haul truck was rented by Holly Zoller of the Louisville Bail Initiative. Now, it's interesting, if you pull up Zoller, she basically is one that works on the board of the Louisville Bail Initiative, which is the Soros Justice Fellows and is funded by George Soros. So you have this girl who's gone in now and rented a U-Haul and had it right on deck, ready to go. That's why I'm continuing to tell everybody. Majority of these riots... They're not just organic riots. People are mad. We're going to go out and wreck stuff. It's not that at all. These are paid agitators that are going out. St. Petersburg last night, if you guys saw St. Pete, Florida, right down the road from us, right on the West Coast, people were basically at dinner. These groups started descending on restaurants and getting in front of these uh, restaurants and screaming and yelling and threatening people. One video, the older couple looked like they're in probably 60s or 70s. They're sitting at a table, and this guy comes up, sits right down at the table to them. And then starts yelling. The other girl sits down, starts yelling at him. And I asked one of my law enforcement buddies about this this morning. We had a big conversation and group chat about it on the legalities in the state of Florida if somebody basically is harassing you. Now, in the state of Florida, anybody over 65 or older is classified as a senior citizen. Any type of verbal assault on a senior citizen, verbal assault or battery, is automatically a felony. If you're 65 years or older, I did not know this. So if you're 65 years old and somebody comes up to you and they start telling them they're going to beat your blank and they're going to whoop your butt and you basically need to die, blankety, blankety, blank, that's verbal assault. That is now a felony. If they touch you, that's felony battery because you're 65 or older. So at that point in time, one thing what my buddy said is he goes, he was in law enforcement, he said, the issue with this, he goes, even if you're with your family, you're not 65, you're, you know, you with your family, your wife, if somebody walks over to your table, as soon as they walk over to your table, you directly engage them before they get to your table. That doesn't mean draw a weapon, that means you directly engage them. Stop. You need to stop right now. He goes, the reason being is that people are recording this. You're sitting at a table by yourself with your wife or you've got your kids with you. You're very peaceful. You're not agitating. There's 100 people standing on the sidewalk screaming and yelling with bullhorns, making all types of threats. As soon as they walk over to you, you don't know if they have a knife, a box cutter, a baseball bat, a baton, or a pistol that they're about to pull on you and shoot you a point blank. You need to keep them as far away from your family as possible, and you can engage them before they ever come close to sitting down. And if they touch you, if they grab you, if they make a threat towards you and say, you need to move or you need this or we're going to beat you in this, you have full right to engage them with physical force. Now, that does not mean deadly force unless they have a weapon, like one of them pulls a skateboard out or pulls up some type of deadly weapon.
weapon out. The state of Florida is very clear on staying your ground laws. You do not have the right to altercate with people and walk up to them and start threatening them and making aggressive gestures and aggressive statements and telling them they're going to beat your blankety blank. You do not have the right to do that in Florida. Now, some other states may be more liberal. They pretty much do anything they want. But down here in the state of Florida, stand your ground is a very, very specific law designed to protect law-abiding citizens exactly from this situation. Now, if you pull a firearm, you draw a firearm, you better darn well be ready to use it. That's the thing about it. So don't be pulling your firearm out and waving it around people in a public area and sweeping people. Don't be doing that. If somebody pulls a deadly weapon, if somebody starts pulling a skateboard to swing at you, somebody pulls out a baton, a knife, another pistol, at that point in time, you have the ability to directly engage them with deadly force in the state of Florida if you feel your life is a threat. But make sure you exhaust all of their means before you go that route. Well, that's what my friend told me is law enforcement. He's like, dude, you're sitting at a table. Somebody starts walking up to your table. You just stop them before they get to your table. You don't know what they're about to do. He goes, we just saw an incident basically in Kentucky three days ago, four days ago on the weekend. The guys were at that bar and grill sitting outside. That black BLM terrorist walked up to him, shot all three of them point blank with a pistol. You don't wait till they get on top of you. Same thing I've told you before. You make sure you have security measures and parameters in your neighborhood on your property. You don't let them get to your front door. Once they get to your front door, all bets are off. You try to do everything you can to deter them and keep them away from your family so you can protect them as best as possible. This is something everybody has to keep understanding. This is not going to stop. This is going to escalate further and further and further and further. I would bet to say by November, when Trump wins again, this is probably going to be happening in almost every major city across the country. I'll be honest with that. The amount of money that George Soros has pumped into these groups, the literally hundreds of millions of dollars, that's a lot of money, guys. That goes really far, especially when you're only paying people 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour to run around and protest. I mean, don't get me wrong, it still takes a lot of money to feed and clothe and arm all these people. You start talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, you start talking about a lot of people that you can fund and arm for a very long period of time. Always remember that. So please, plan accordingly and understand when you go out in public, always have backup scenarios and understand how to handle this, especially if you're in a situation and you have to get out of the situation. Know what you're doing. Same thing I told you guys when I took that vehicle interdiction class last weekend. It's vehicle tactics. If you have the ability to get out of the situation with your vehicle, don't try to be a hero and try to get in a gunfight in your car. You do not want to get in a gunfight in your car. I can tell you that right now. If you have to get in a gunfight and your vehicle is completely basically disabled, you cannot operate, you better get out of that vehicle and engage direct. Do not sit in that car. But if you can, get out of there. DeSantis may basically, they changed Florida law, if you guys saw. He signed this this week, basically saying that if you get rushed by a giant mob of people and they're blocking the road and they're illegally stopping traffic, which possessors don't have the legal right to stop traffic unless they're in a crosswalk, you flee. And they are not, the driver's not responsible for any bodily injury or harm that happens to rioters because they're standing in the middle of the road. I was very happy to see DeSantis put that in. Why? Because you've got to make sure you have the ability to get out of there. You can't start forcing people to sit there and allow a mob to descend on their vehicle and start beating their vehicle and start threatening them with great bodily harm, and they can't do anything about it. They're going to get arrested if anybody gets run over. Newsflash, you're in the road. You should know at two years old you're not supposed to walk around in the road. These people have gotten brazen. They've gotten emboldened. They've gotten more aggressive because they've been allowed to do so and get away with it in these really liberal cities. If you're in a conservative 
conservative state, in your conservative city, understand who your sheriff is, know where their stance is, understand what they're going to do and how they're going to handle it and what side they're on. And quite frankly, if they don't support your ability to defend yourself, I, in my personal opinion, I'd start looking for a different place to live because these areas are going to turn into absolute liberal hellholes if they have not already turned in to do so. You guys saw what happened with um, the California governor two days ago now. He's gone out now and he said that they are now banning all, all gasoline and diesel-powered engine and trucks by 2035. It is going to be a full-blown electric vehicle state. Because why? Well, because all the vehicles that are driving around have caused all the wildfires because of climate change. That's what he's saying. The arsonists, the Antifa terrorists have been running around and been arrested numerous times for starting wildfires in California. That, we're not going to talk about that. That's fake news. We're not, we're not going to talk about all these guys arrested for starting fires. It's the vehicles. It's because you drive a car. It's because you drive a truck. You start fires because global warming. Guys, see what they're doing? They're getting everything poised for Agenda 2030 with the United Nations. The United Nations has been very clear for the last 20 years on what they want to happen by 2030. You can go on their website and read it. They don't even try to hide it. They just put it in a really nice, happy-sounding paragraph so everybody thinks it sounds really good and they're looking for the betterment of mankind. No, they're getting planned to get as many people in major cities to stuff them in there, to turn them in so nobody has vehicles. Why? So you don't have the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way. Why do you think they're pushing for electric vehicles so bad? Because... They don't want people to be able to own vehicles that can actually operate. Electric vehicles are fully and completely monitored and controlled. When we were at the vehicle tactics class this weekend, there was a guy out there training, and we were talking about vehicles. He also had a Tesla that he owned. He basically works in the medical field, and he was, he was awake, but he owns a Tesla, electric Tesla. And we were discussing the aspects of seatbelt deployment, okay? This is something you don't think about. So you're trying to draw your weapon. You're trying to grab your firearm. I was in full kit, so I had armor on, which is a nightmare. So I don't wear a seatbelt if I'm in a vehicle with armor on. There's already too many other problems that I'm dealing with. And so I told him, I said, generally, but if I'm not, you know, I wear a seatbelt. But if something's around town, I don't wear a seatbelt a lot of times. I said, because if I have to get out of my vehicle, I'm not getting caught up in my seatbelt. If I'm doing 20 miles an hour around downtown Auburndale, my worst case scenario isn't getting in a fender bender if something's going on. And he goes, well, the problem is with the Tesla, the Tesla that I have, if you don't put in your seatbelt, you can't drive. I said, wait, what? He goes, yeah, it's one of the newer Teslas. If you don't have your seatbelt on, you can't drive. Like, you put it in drive, but it won't let you go because you don't have your seatbelt on until you have to put your seatbelt on. I said, well, what happens if you need to pull your seatbelt off and you're basically going slow? He goes, well, it won't let you do it. I said, so you can't take your seatbelt off while you're driving? I said, ah, and hence the electric vehicle California initiative. Once you start getting these electric vehicles, remember, they're fully and completely controlled. They're automated. They can be monitored. They can be manipulated. They can be turned off. They can be slowed down. At any point in time, they can be completely and totally controlled. That's why they want everybody. That's why Tesla has gotten billions of dollars of bailouts repeatedly from the Fed. Even though the company completely goes underwater over and over and over again, he gets another miraculous $20 billion oh, by the way, we're going to bail you out because you're green initiative. Here's another $20 billion. Okay, sweet. Why? Because Tesla's building vehicles that they plan on making mandatory in the next 10 to 15 years. California is just a template for what's going to happen in the future. I promise you, if this thing continues to escalate with the United Nations,
Americans, that will be a national mandate pretty soon. In the next 20 to 30 years, you will not be able to own and operate a, a regular vehicle. They will be banned. Or if they, what they'll do is before they ban them, they'll tax you on them. So if you own one, your registration is going to go through the roof. That's how they're going to do it at first. So if you have an F-250 that's diesel-powered and it gets X amount of fuel miles, they're going to say, listen, you're contributing to climate change. You have to pay an excess carbon tax. So you need to register your vehicle this year. It's going to be $8,000 to register your F-250. $8,000? That's ridiculous. I can't afford $8,000 to register a vehicle. They're, they already do this in California. It's hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in some cases to, re, to basically register some of these vehicles. You're going to go, forget it. I see some. Well, guess what? If you buy one of these Teslas, we'll give you a discount on it. And guess what? Registration is only going to be like it used to be. It's like $100 a year. That's all you got to pay. You're going to go, fine, I'll buy a Tesla. I can't afford this. That's how they're going to phase out the vehicles, guys. I promise you. The whole carbon tax, the whole global warming tax, all that is designed to do is steal more money from the populace and force compliance into a new world order so that you do exactly what they tell you to do. Understand what's happening. Continue to speak your mind and understand the truth of what's really happening right now, Dan. You know, Austin, you're 100% right as far as what they're going to do as far as compliance. Look at the cash for clunkers that Obama did. He took literally millions of cars off the road that were great cars for first-time buyers like 16, 17-year-old kids who are trying to spend three or four or $500 on a car. And don't get me wrong, these cars were primarily sleds, but they ran. Most of them didn't have air, but they didn't have circuitry in them, which would allow them to be taken over or being tracked by OnStar. They didn't have all that. And so they had to get rid of those cars and get them off the road. Now they use car market. You try to buy a car for a kid, instead of four or five hundred bucks now, it's three or four thousand dollars now. And these kids can't afford it. And that's if you get a cheap car for three or four thousand dollars. Because they, they, like the old Ford Broncos that they were crushing and getting rid of because nobody wanted them. You know, because they crushed almost all of them, the Broncos are worth like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars now. And you're like, what the heck? It was a horrible car when it was made. It's still a horrible car, but supply demand versus the, the, the cost again it basically creates this demand for these cars because they're now collector items so all of this stuff is being planned as we speak you know Porsche now has come out with a fully electric car I mean it doesn't have an engine in it it's all, all batteries and you know, the other day I was over in Tampa and we decided to go into the Porsche dealership and look around it's kind of fun and some lady was getting her car picked up it was a brand new they're like innovators in that field and these are fast cars and they're all electric and that's where all of this is going. You know, they'll, they'll do hybrids for a little while, and then they'll do like Porsche did, make a pure electric vehicle. And this is the kind of stuff that they're going to do. See, remember, you got to go back to the Kabbalists. The Kabbalists run the Rothschild banking cartel. At the highest level, they're wizards. And they're the ones who are running the planet, have run the planet for thousands of years now. And so George Soros... He worked with the Nazis. And he basically collaborated with the Rothschilds. They gave him the money that he has. They helped him get promoted. And they made him super wealthy as a cutout. We talked about this the other day. And now he's basically funding Black Lives Matter through his many, many, many foundations. And the irony of all of this stuff is George Soros, like all the rest of these guys who are really high up, they just give all of their money into these foundations so they're no longer required to pay taxes on them. You know, and you try, you and I try to do it. We miss one jot, one tittle, one paragraph, one sentence, one, one, one dot, one, one, one comma, you know, with an IRS return. Oh, you've got an IRS return. We're taking you to court now. You're like, what the heck? I, I didn't pay this $3. You, know, you didn't pay $3 now. Oh, you find you penalties and interest. And you're like, what the heck just happened? It's $3. Doesn't matter. These guys can do all of this stuff and get away with it because, again, 
the Treasury was taken over by the Exchange Stability Fund in 1934, and the Treasury is controlled now through the Exchange Stability Fund, which is controlled through the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. It's all being controlled by the same group of people. Now the Fed is saying they're going to start depositing direct digital dollars into your accounts. That's a brand new little change, isn't it? Now they're going to, now they're just going to start giving you money and putting digital dollars on your account. And you're like, what, why would they do that? Well, it's because of the control. Because if you have a group of people in the United States that basically are getting unemployment from the Fed directly, bypassing the Treasury, showing us who they really are, well, then you'll do what they tell you to do because you want those digital dollars every month. And this is the goal of this new world order. And it's not, it's not going to be some, oh my gosh, they're going to snap this on us like, you know, and lock us into this in the next three weeks. It's going to be over the next three years, four years, 20 years, 30 years. It's going to be a gradual transition like this 2030 agenda is. This is how these guys work. It's never really abrupt like that. It's just over a period of time. That's why I love being in Polk County with Sheriff Grady Judd, who's a friend of mine. We go to church together. He's a great guy. He's, he's absolutely wonderful. And, you know, and he's telling everybody the truth yesterday in a press conference with DeSantis, or a couple of days ago it was now, and he basically takes a picture and holds the picture up and says, this is rioting. He holds up another picture. This is a peaceful protest. In case you wonder what the difference is, this is rioting, and this is a peaceful protest. He goes, we have no problems with peaceful protests. We have a problem with rioting. Here's the picture again. He goes, this is stealing. This is breaking. He starts showing pictures of these guys doing this. He goes, this will not be tolerated in Polk County. And it's funny to me because Governor DeSantis holds this press conference when he starts talking about all of these changes in Polk County with Grady Judd, which makes me really happy I live here. But, guys, think about it for a second. It's like Austin said. If you're living in a really liberal area, they're going to come after you. And if you have no gun rights or the ability to, get, you know, to carry a gun – or what they take those rights away, how are you going to defend yourself? You're 65 years old and you're sitting out at a restaurant or you're 70 years old or 50 years old and you're not in the shape you were when you were 20 years old anymore and it doesn't make any difference if there's 20 people. Anyhow, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. They can do whatever they want to do to you if they grab you. And they come up to you and they sit down with you and they start throwing stuff at you, throwing beer on you, spilling stuff on you, drinking your stuff, yelling and screaming and cussing at you. Guys, this is barbaric animal behavior is all this is. I don't care if they're black, white, Hispanic, pink, blue, green, or orange. This is barbaric, or barbaric, barbaric, barbaric behavior. In a civilized society, people don't do this. See, then you got to ask yourself a question. You know, do I need to flee? Do I need to walk away? Do I need to stand my ground? Depends on your state again. Be very, very careful in other laws of your state. But guys, think about it for a second. Avoid areas that you know these guys are going to be in. Remember, I told you I got caught up in that doggone traffic thing here in Florida, in Polk County, about three or four months ago. They were blocking the roads. And we had to literally stop, and it took us 45 minutes to get through a red light because they were blocking the roads. And I thought to myself, this is ludicrous. I said, these guys, you know they're armed. You know, they're walking around with baseball bats and everything else. If they decide to start beating on the vehicle, you have to stand here and get your truck beat on. If you drive over somebody, you're going to get you know arrested for this. And you're trying to get out of there, not having to not be killed. So I'm really happy that DeSantis passed that law. But be very, very careful where you live and what the what the you know what the what the rules are. By the way, leaked documents are now revealing that Breonna Taylor's involvement was suspected drug dealer. You know, she had a drug dealer that she was basically involved with. Leaked documents from the Louisville Metropolitan Police investigation of the police shooting of Breonna Taylor reveal information that different. First, from the mainstream narrative, as she was involved with Jamaris Glover, 
a suspected drug dealer, and evidence indicates that she may have aided him in his criminal activity. In 2016, the brother of an associate of Jamarcus Glover was found dead in a vehicle rented by Breonna Taylor. The 39-page report from the LMPD investigation includes surveillance images and recorded phone calls between Jamarcus Glover, Breonna Taylor, and other names in the narrative. So let's not pretend like this woman was really a model citizen and she was doing everything the way she was supposed to do it. By the way, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, let me read you this, announces legislation to stop Soros-funded rioters. The Combating Violence Disorder and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act. Let me think of that for a second. You have to put something together that's called the Combating Violence Disorder and Looting and Law Protection Act. We create a new criminal. I mean, think about it, Austin. How stupid is this? We create new criminal offenses and increase penalties for those who target law enforcement and participate in violent or disorderly assemblies. Governor DeSantis, along with Grady Judd, said that our right to peacefully assemble is being taken advantage of by professional agitators. George Soros is paying for this through the Rothschild banking cartel. And it also says the state of Florida will not cut aid to any local government that slashes their police budget to increase rioting. See, the guys are cousin. These guys in these liberal cities actually slash their police budgets so they can have more rioting to create more disorder. Look what happened to the, the, the mayor of New York now. He's, he's basically gone, going into the, the, the New York City. He's going in now and he's basically slashing, you know, he just fired another 9,000 people. Yeah, because they, they don't have the budget. They have a huge budget shortfall because everybody's leaving New York. Like, I mean, who in the world is to be trapped on an island with a bunch of animals? There we go. I'm going to say that again. Who wants to be trapped on an island with a bunch of animals? You're afraid you're going to get killed every time you go outside. I think I'd vacate New York City. And this is the problem that we run into in these liberally controlled health holes, which is what they are. By the way, Andrew Kaufman, a medical doctor, he says that the pandemic fraud runs deeper than you think. He says, uh, you know, he's got credentials in biology, medicine, oncology, and psychiatry. And he says, there's no scientific evidence to support the existence of a pandemic that is being used to frighten and intimidate people. He says that he has uncovered an even bigger fraud that applies to all viral illnesses. And if he's right, the germ theory of disease will need to be scrapped and replaced by the terrain theory. Since that would be the end of the vaccine industry, we expect hell to be unleashed against Dr. Kaufman. Not to challenge his theory on the basis of science, but to attack him as a person. Dr. Kaufman will be presenting the findings at a, at a conference coming up at Jekyll Island. Guys, here's the thing about all of this stuff. You know, in Darwin, terrain, all these different things are talking about. What they're saying is this, is that is it your body's basically inability to fight a disease and we have to have an immune system response via vaccination against it? Or should we be more concerned about the terrain, about where we are, what we do, how we eat, and how we basically live our lives? What he's saying, again, is this. If you have a strong immune system, you can get exposed to a lot of stuff. It's not going to bother you. You've got a weakened immune system. You get exposed to a bunch of anything, and you're going to get sick. It's really important to keep yourself strong in your daily life. Don't eat sugar, guys. Cut out the sugar, for heaven's sakes. There are all kinds of natural things like monk fruit, things that you can do that are really a lot better for you than eating sugar. Just, yeah, I, I still, it's amazing to me. They still sell sugar in grocery stores and people still buy it. And that, along with white bread, it still boggles my mind that people are involved in eating that stuff. By the way, the airlines are now begging to relax quarantine rules, which I'm happy for them wanting to do that. Support mandatory testing instead of push to spur demand because the airlines are in trouble. 
They're saying that 60% of the hotels now are going to be going out of business, and the airlines, if they don't continue to get massive amounts of government subsidies, are going to be going out of business. Last night when we walked out of the movie theater at 9.30 and we looked around, we were the only ones leaving except for the other couple of people that were in that theater with us, and the parking lot was empty. Most of the businesses in the Cineplex, in the, the mall there, were out of business and gone. Parking lots covered in trash. The weeds are growing up. No, no, nobody's even maintaining the landscaping. And I thought, this is nuts. Is this the state of the real economy right now? Weeds in the parking lot. Businesses shuttered. There's a place called Woody's Barbecue. Been there for, for decades. Shut down, done. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Is this the real state of the economy without stimulus checks? Is this it? Is this how bad it really is that we have seven people in a cineplex with ten theaters? That's it for the entire day? Empty, empty, empty with homeless people living in the theater? I mean, this is unbelievable. This is actually happening. Sharon said to me last night when we were driving home, Austin, she goes, I feel like I'm living in a surreal world, like we're in some kind of dreamscape. She goes, there's nobody on the road at 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 at night. We're like by ourselves driving around. Well, yeah, because so many businesses and so many restaurants are closed at 9 o'clock now. Now, mind you, I was never a big proponent of driving around late at night after midnight or 1 or 2 in the morning because that's when the bars let out and so many drunks are on the road. That's just a fact, by the way, guys. But the reality is, you know, I don't expect it to close up at 9 o'clock at night like we're living in the twilight zone. Strange, strange world that we live in. Guys, I got to pray for you this morning. I appreciate you so much. I love you guys. Oh, by the way, if you did buy Barbies, and now you said we told you yesterday we had enough Barbies, send them anyhow because we have to give the girls birthday presents in June. We'll save them for the birthday presents. And uh, the girls need some wristwatches now, like little five, six dollar watches. We need twenty of those. So if you guys want to send us some wristwatches, that's great too. So we're all in this together with the girls in Thailand. I told you that when we did this a couple of years ago. And thank you for your support with Health Masters and for our girls in Thailand because they're our girls, not me and Sharon, but all of us listening. You guys are absolutely awesome. You guys are amazing to me. I love praying for you guys in the morning. I love doing the show. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, it has gotten surreal in a lot of cases. And remember, this this whole entire collapse of the economy was planned. They knew, as far as with the M1 money supply and the velocity of money and the massive amount of money that they've been dumping into the markets over the last seven to eight years, ever since the last crash, has all been nothing but smoke and mirrors to try to prop up an economy that was heavily manipulated and completely and totally taken advantage of back in 2006 and 2007 and so forth. So what they had to do was they knew the economy was going to take a crap at some point, but it was never going to take a crap to this point. They had to have a precipitating factor to blame the economy crashing on so the bankers, again, don't have to take responsibility and they scapegoat the problem onto some other excuse. Oh, it was COVID. But listen, we, we're trying to do everything we can. We're giving stimulus checks out. We didn't do any of this, even though they know exactly what they did. If that's the case, why have they been pumping trillions of dollars into the stock market? What are they pumping trillions of dollars into the stock market for? The stock market's not keeping the economy afloat when you start shutting businesses down. The stock market does nothing 
in real world life when small businesses are trying to stay afloat and trying to keep inventory and try to maintain customers and try to keep repeat customers and try to cover overhead. Does nothing. They knew that. But see, all the giant big banker companies are all heavily vested in these companies that they've been funneling money into. So that's why you have companies like Amazon, now worth almost, what, $200 billion now, Jeff Bezos is. All these guys that own these massive companies, their net worth is literally, in some cases, double. Going up to the roof. Why? Because they're the ones that are getting all the money through this bailout. Same thing I told you guys yesterday. Pentagon gave more money to the Department of Defense for rebuilding jet engines and all this other equipment for, with COVID money that was supposed to be used for COVID equipment. That's what all of this is being done. The hundreds of billions of dollars that are being pumped into the healthcare industry now to make sure they continue to put down COVID deaths on everything. A lot of the cases, these guys are getting thirty-six to $38,000 per every COVID death in the hospital. Quite frankly, I mean, if you're the director of a hospital and you get told basically any COVID death gets you another $36,000, I'd have a hard time not doing that either if I wasn't a Christian. Like, shoot, he's got COVID, he's got COVID, he got hit with a wrecking ball, he's got COVID, whatever. That's what they're doing. And that's why I told you guys yesterday with that article from John Rappaport, I said, this is what they're going to do to try to convince everybody the vaccine's working. All they have to start doing now is changing the guidelines back to normal cognitive, rational thinking guidelines that actually make sense instead of telling anybody, oh, you have a fever, you're COVID positive. We don't have a test, but you're COVID positive. And you're like, okay. But people getting going to get testing and leaving before they ever get testing and getting notified via email and phone call, they're COVID positive. And they go, we never got tested. Well, you, you put your name down, you're, you're COVID positive testing. We automatically assume you're positive test if you don't show up. You're like, okay. Remember, the positive tests mean nothing. This BS number that they keep flashing on the screen, 5 million, 6 million, 7 million, all these cases, it means absolutely nothing at all. All it is is to use as a fear number to try to keep people in a state of panic. If they started coming in and they said, listen, the cases really don't matter. Everything's under control now. The only thing we're going to start looking at is any COVID deaths directly related to COVID and, uh, from COVID and healthy patients that had no underlying health conditions. Meaning, if you're 25 years old, you have no health problem, and all of a sudden you catch COVID, and now you're in the hospital on a respirator, and they're giving you hydroxychloroquine, it's still not working, you die from COVID, that's an actual COVID death. The numbers go through the roof. You'd, you'd be looking at probably maybe a, a dozen deaths a month, if, you know, maybe 20, 30 at the most, at the very most, if you would even have that. I think it would virtually flatten to nothing. But, see, that doesn't push the narrative until they have the vaccine together. They have to keep the narrative going until the vaccine's released or else the vaccine's going to be completely and totally dead in the water. If everybody realizes that everybody's already getting immune to it, everybody's pretty much had it like myself, it's over in two or three days. As long as you keep D3 and vitamin C, you don't even really know you have it. you got to test to find out you even have it. People go, I'm not going to get another vaccine. There's already 76 vaccines you're trying to force children to get. The medical industrial complex is built off people staying sick. Always remember that. Healthy people don't keep the medical industrial complex in business. That's a concept that eludes a lot of people. They think that you're going to the hospital, you're going to the doctors designed to get you better. It's never been the case unless you have a bone that you need to have you know, rebuilt or a surgery from an accident, something like that. Their hospitals are incredibly effective. Been there, done that. But when it comes to diseases or ailments, they're not there to basically fix you. They're there to treat you. 
And treating you means it costs money. And continual treatment means it costs more money. So the longer you can keep somebody on some virtual type of treatment, it means you're going to continue to generate revenue from the pharmaceutical and the medical industrial complex. People have to get that through their skulls. That's why I encourage everybody, continue to eat clean. Like that's a step to sugar. Sugar is one of those things that's real easy to get addicted to, addicted to, but it's real easy not to eat either if you don't bring it in the home. Lana's gotten really good about that. You know, when she goes to shopping and brings some food, occasionally, you know, we may get some organic ice cream, not going to lie. We have something going on. I, 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 trust, I love being some ice cream, I'm not going to lie. But I can't hardly eat it because it's just there's no health benefit to it. Not only is the dairy cause inflammation, always cause my sinuses to get stuffed up, sugar decreases the immune system. There's just no, there's no healthy aspect to ice cream. But, man, it tastes good. I know it tastes good. Don't argue me on that. But there's no useful purpose to it. It's like eating a donut. It's like eating bubble gum. There's, there's no useful benefit to eating any of that food. If you keep it out of the house, I promise you, 90% of it will decrease as far as with your intake. That way, if you're ever out and you want to go somewhere, say, hey, you know what? We haven't been out in the last month. Let's go out and get a scoop of ice cream somewhere. Let's get some organic ice cream somewhere. We haven't done that. And you eat it outside. You go enjoy it with your wife. You go home. You don't have any more. You got it. You're done. That's how you eat it if you're going to ever eat it. But bringing home gallons of ice cream and big boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts and birthday cake and cookies, that is the worst thing you can do because you always want to eat it. Like Deb said, you want to snack and eat it at night. So, again, I encourage everybody, continue to stand your ground on what you believe. Keep training. Keep exercising. Continue to get your body in shape mentally and physically. There's a something coming to this country, and it's coming very, very quickly. We all have to get ready for it so we can stand together. And as I said yesterday, we say no. No, we're not going to capitulate to this. No, I'm not going to do this. You have that right to say no. Somebody walks up to you at a restaurant, tries to sit in your chair. You get right back at them and say no. Do not sit down. What are you doing? Back away from me. You're assaulting me. Do not allow people to intimidate you and threaten you. Stand your ground. I appreciate you, my friends. Have an awesome night. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. CoQ10 Ubiquinol on sale product of the week. Fantastic product. Check it out at healthmasters.com. If you need anything, give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. We appreciate the support. Thank you for making us your vitamin home, and thank you for joining the Health Masters family. Have a great night. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.